welcome to the finer things. I'm Lisa, and this is Wes. Hey, everybody. And today we're gonna do a big, heavy topic, and that is humility. Humility, humbleness, all that kind of stuff. What are you smoking over there, Lisa? This is. It's huge. A you are back to back Connecticut. It, seriously, it's a massive cigar. This has to be like a seventy-two gauge cigar. It's obscene. It really is. We took a picture, uh, and we'll post it yeah. on the uh, Instagram there, and it's bigger than her hand, and her hand's not small. I wanted, thanks, <laughs> I wanted <laughs> to do this, and the topic today is likely to stretch over two episodes, and this is definitely a two-episode cigar, if not more than that, and I kind of, I know some of the problems that I'm going to have with this cigar, so I'll let you know when that stuff occurs and maybe it'll surprise me who knows it's tasty but i mean this is going to stretch over two episodes starts off right i've got a romeo and julieta cigar cigaros very nice 1875 handmade in nicaragua light wrapper it's got an orange wrapper which is uh, different from romeo and juliet because they're usually red and white uh, so this is a uh, medallis de oro and it is phenomenal it's nice light it's a magnum size. It's not. It's not as it, big. As no, Lisa's. it's large, but that's about the extent of the gauge that you should go. Right. It's smooth. It's enjoyable. I've got the New Rip Bourbon. What are you drinking? I have a Highland Park Magnus, and I'm gonna circle back around for a minute because you guys can't see it, but West did something bizarre with the cut on it. It's like a it's cross double V. It's a double yeah. V. You do a you do opposite. It size. looks like a pretzel button. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That way, uh, I do. I find that usually works better on the larger yeah. gauged cigars. I so, just did a straight cut because there's no way getting through this beast. It's a beast. Yeah. So today is uh, humility. What we're going to talk about, and uh, we'll start with the dictionary's definition of humility. And really, it's a modest or low view of one's own importance, humbleness. Mm-hmm. And it's so in this day and age where everybody is trying to be Instagram famous. Yes. Uh, or make a podcast with millions of listeners. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Or uh, you try to be humble. and It's okay to be humble. Uh, and one of this uh, topic springs to mind is that we have a, a lawyer, uh, a senior lawyer of the year event mm-hmm. uh, with our local bar association. And the guy that won it uh, uh, was very humble. Very humble. That's We started talking about the event and we were like, you know what? This is a fantastic topic. We have to talk about this because it's really lacking in society and it's really needed. And Sh- it's yeah. hard. It, it, it's odd. I mean, because from the Midwest, I mean, there's a, it goes into our Midwest ethos, mm-hmm. if you will. What is humility and everything else like that? One of the one of the favorite uh, quotes is, you know, because people will say, you know, hey, how you doing? How was yep. your day? You know, that kind of thing. Or uh, in some parts of the country, they're like, what do you know? Yep. And somebody's like, well, every time somebody asks me, what do you know? I'm like, nothing. I don't know anything. He really, truly does. I know nothing. He walks in, I can't count the number of times he's told me the story. He walks into court, and it's always a different court. And people are like, who is this guy? He's like, me? I'm nobody. He, nobody. I'm nobody. Multiple times he has said this, and he actually means it. Right, and, and so the, the quote that I usually use is from uh, Socrates, and the it, it's been uh, bastardized, and it, I mean, it, you mm-hmm. can use the words however you want to say it, but his, the quote that he's always, is that the uh, ancient oracle said that I was the wisest of all the Greeks. It is because I alone of all the Greeks know that I know nothing. And that's uh, really important to know. And I think I've said that statement uh, on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and that's really where I get it. It's uh, it, the fact that you know nothing. And what do you know? And Part of this of being humble and having humility is you kind of know your station in life. Uh, you know, yeah. you've got an idea of who you are and where do you fit. Right. And that there is a plethora of reasons that and uh, and things that go into fix. I mean, how were you brought up? Who brought you up? Absolutely. Your faith is a big component. Uh, you know, your experiences. Right, because everybody's version of humbleness is different. Like, it is. Kim Kardashian thinks she's being humble. Right. Her version of humility and my version of humility might differ. Probably different. Yeah. And you know, Lisa's version of humility and my version of humility. Those. I mean, it's a very personal topic because always 
it's on you. I mean, what is humbleness to you? Right. And is are you, like, uh, the phrase humble brag Right. is an oxymoron. Yeah. Because I've heard people say that, and I'm like, I, I don't get it. Why? We, I mean, if you're going to brag, brag. I mean, that's one thing to brag. Uh, you know, it's another thing to be humble. And I think the humble brag is very much... I don't necessarily think it is an oxymoron. Not as it's intended. Um, it's knowing your station in life. I did very well at this. I'm very proud of myself for this. Can I do this tomorrow? I don't know. Let's wait till tomorrow and see whether it happens. Tomorrow is that day. That'd so be great. Yeah, and like I said, the factors that go into it. I mean, you know, how were you brought up? Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, how were you brought up between you and your siblings, if you have siblings? Right. Because uh, they've always got the, oh, you're the oldest child, oh, you're the baby, or you're the middle. You know, that, right. there's something, I'm a middle child. I'm the oldest. And so Lisa's experience and my experience being reared sure. are different. They are. And that affects what we think of as humility. And as the eldest child, how does that affect you? Um, in a lot of ways, you feel like you're the experiment. Your parents are going to be stricter on you. They're going to pay more attention to you a lot of the time. Well, in certain ways, I guess. Because it's their first time. everything's brand new. They've never done it before. They don't know what they're doing. And they're trying their very best. And so there were only two kids in my family, me and my sister. And so they get to my sister and... We know how to change diapers now. Right. And the reason I kind of backtracked a little bit was, you know, I get more attention because it's the first time they're doing everything, but she got more attention because it's the last time they're doing everything. They knew, nope, we're done. We're not going to have any more kids after her. And so, you know, it's very different. It's kind of opposite sides of the coin. I guess. Yeah, and I, uh, the exception to this rule is where I fit, and I tend to fit in yeah. most of the exceptions, <laughs> is because my only children are twins. Right. So there's no, so they go through it together right. as the first time, because they're both the eldest, and they're both the youngest. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's that combination of, uh, <clears throat> what's going on? You know what I yeah. mean? And then you're like, well, there's two of them, so uh, we got to uh, yeah. figure this out in a hurry. <laughs> So it's more of a trial by fire. Yeah. Um, you know, that's kind of the exception. Now, how uh, one of the things we'll introduce a little bit, we tend not to be too preachy, but again, faith does bring in uh, some humility. Your here. faith is very personal to you, and a lot of the time humility comes up in the realm of faith. It's usually... Whatever your religion is. Right, and it's usually how you, are, you learn humbleness. Mm-hmm. It's usually at Sunday school... Uh, you know, for the you know stereotypical Catholic or Christian family, uh, you'll learn the Aesop's fables. You know, sure. Pride goeth before the fall. Uh, uh, you, Lucifer himself. The way you get kicked out of heaven is pride. Pride. So you usually that is how, I, I, and I say usually instead of normal because normal does not exist. And, I agree. And there's kind of a, a verbiage uh, going with, the, you know, how do you phrase things? Because we are both lawyers, as you guys know. So we tend to try to use words that accurately reflect what we mean. Sure. And that's you know, people are like, well, sometimes people will accuse me of being uh, arrogant in a sense because I'll use words. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm trying to use the word that I mean. Right. And if I don't mean the word, I'll be like, ah, uh. <laughs> Because I don't know what the word is that I'm trying to describe. Right. And because it's communication. I mean, sure. that's, that's a large part of it. Faith is, and uh, in, in with faith, it's such a broad topic. And again, everybody has uh, faith that is unique to them. Yes. And so... How Religion does... is how we get along with others who share a similar faith. But your faith is always going to be personal, and it's always going to be different from every person to another. And so, you know, when we talk about faith, it's nobody on the planet has the same faith as you. Correct. Others may have the same religion, not the same faith. And that's very important, too. And even those that uh, don't practice a religion, like agnostic or atheist people, they still have humility and humbleness. And that comes from a structure. Sure. Because that's a, you, you learn it from the, either the family structure or from the societal structure, mm-hmm. uh, either you know school like you know organized school 
uh, or your family, you you do know, you learn, you know, what is right, what is wrong. And and usually uh, how it's played out is, uh, for me, it's when you play cards. Okay. Uh, at least Elaborate. In, in certain games, uh, like Euchre. Euchre. Euchre is a game that if you're in the Midwest, everybody knows how to play Euchre. It, it's like one of those things that you learn. Okay. As soon as you learn and you have the concept of your times tables, mm-hmm. which I don't think they teach anymore, once you have, you learn the PEMDAS, the, uh, you know, the order of operations. Yeah. I, I think that's like the fourth grade now. It could be earlier. I don't, sure. I don't remember. Um, you can you kind of have the structure of how to play Euchre. And once you learn how to play the game, then you learn the different strategies and sure. then how to play it. And it's strategic. And then you can play the cards in a certain way where you hold on to Trump. You know, okay. I'll hold on to Trump. If I've got it, I know. I, if I've got it. I, I'll use it if I have to, okay. or if I don't have to use it, I don't have to use it, because it's kind of humility, you know what I mean? Uh, the other way that most often, that like children, uh, where typically you will learn humility, is like being a sore winner or a sore loser. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, how do you win at something, especially a sport, or how do you lose it? Because everybody knows a sore loser. Right. Everybody. Right. And at least one point in everybody's life, you were a sore loser. Right. Because uh, True humility is avoiding being the sore winner. It's knowing your place. So I want to circle back to the faith. Um, I don't have tons of knowledge about this particular faith. And I'm going to say that up front so that there's no confusion because we might get a listener that says, no, you have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, we're just talking here. So... I've been told that this concept comes from Buddhism, and it's based on the wheel of life. I had a friend one time, and she talked about this exercise, and I actually did it. And it's, um, you have eight different topics, so it's... She's making the wheel with her hands. I am. I talk with my hands. Great thought. I know. (laughs) So one of them is love, one is trust... One is reincarnation. You're supposed to write about these topics for one month, each topic. So for one month, you keep a journal and you write about how you experienced love that day or how you experienced trust. And when my friend talked about this, she literally said, humility is the one that every single person struggles with. Everyone has a hard time with it. And most of the people who do this journaling exercise, the first time they do it, they can't complete humility. They actually end up dropping out and not finishing the journal. Clapping the hands, be like, I'm out, can't do it. Humility is what's kicking our butts. Humility, guys. And that's and that goes to show that I mean everybody has an ego. And sure. and especially in this day and age where we have instant on everything. Right. It is super hard to be humble because our first, it, it, and I'm guilty of this as much as everything else like that, is that you want to share your thoughts. Now, do we have platforms of social media that are available to us where I, at any given One or time, two. <laughs> even the President of the United States, rightly or wrongly, whether or not you <laughs> like or dislike this person, has the ability to, at a moment's notice, share his thoughts with the entire universe. Yes, but just the ability. He never does that. <laughs> so, I mean, th- I mean, so you've got this instant on, and so you, you there's no check station, if you will. Right. And so, right. you know, at least for me, I, you, at least my structure from humility always came from, you know, my parents, because they weren't, um, we were spiritual. Mm-hmm. You know, we I, I'm a Presbyterian, so we had some organized religion there. Uh, it, Presbyterian, a real quick plug, is we are the religion of committees. So we have a committee that decides what our views are. Well, seriously, we committee everything to death. We we, we always joke when I, we were learning the structure. That's why I'm really good at government, is because everything is a committee. Um, so like the Presbyterian Church has a committee on what kind of wine and grape juice you use and what kind, oh of, uh, what kind of communion or sacrament uh, instruments that you use. And it's, we also have a community, like a trivial, oh, meaningless my. kind of thing, right? Very small detail. But there's also a community that decides, well, what, are, what, are, what does the faith believe on abortion, right? Sure. So you have this huge topic that's always hot button, 
in a committee sense. Sure. And then you've got a committee on, uh, do we want the crackers or the wafers? And you're just like, right. oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. But one of the, one of the things that, that was, uh, that I learned very quickly, at least growing up, is one, life isn't fair. God, no. Life is not fair. And that's a hard lesson to learn. It's truly not. It, like humility, life, I mean, you can, you can be doing your job, you can be right where you need to be, and you still lose. Yeah, you and still you get still, kicked in the teeth for it when you're it, doing everything right. Correct. And the other thing, the, the humility aspect of that is, it was always, somebody has a bigger boat than you. Yep. And that's the way that I learned it. So everybody's like, you know, because somebody will be like, oh, did you have a great day today? Yeah, I had a great day today. And then you're like, yeah, I had a great day today. I did what I needed to do. Invariably. Someone will always have a better day than you on some metric that oh, you're measuring. Um, you know, money is a great example. Sure. And that's usually how you commoditize how you're being humble. And there's a uh, right now there's a lot of people going around where uh, the well-to-do, the affluent, are mm-hmm. trying to be humble. There's a lot of great cartoons, especially from the 20s, 30s, and 40s, from the New Yorker that deal with this topic. Uh, where you've got a, the, one of the cartoons that I'm remembering, I think it was from the uh, early 40s or late 30s, where it was um, a bunch of old guys that were oil magnates and tycoons okay. like the from that era. And they were all talking about how they started with a nickel and everything else like sure. that. And then they had the bread lines of the Depression. Right. And, you know, the, the guys who can provide for themselves, they're like, oh, I'm very, very humble. I came from nothing. And then you get people who aren't starting from nothing. Right. Like, I just need to eat. Yeah. So, if and with faith, it's again, this is such a personal issue. And first of all, defining what humility is. I mean, you've got a dictionary definition, right? But that's just the generic definition we use for everybody else. I mean, what does it mean to you? And these are questions. Probably, what your friend was, uh, why people struggle with it in that exercise is that when you when it you is. write about something, like everybody has a concept of it love is. and peace and everything else like that. Right. And so you can write about. it. Right. And then if you don't have a, a, a subset or a structure of what humility is, yeah. you aimlessly wander. Yeah. Right? I mean, is I that did, fair? No, it's totally fair and dead on accurate. I did the writing exercise. And, man, I got kneecapped at humility. <laughs> and, guys, to put it in perspective, I come from Oklahoma. It does not get any more humble than that. You ask someone how their day was, I was all right. Now, all right could mean anywhere from my entire family just died in front of my eyes to I hit the lottery and one big, I'm a multimillionaire now, and that whole gamut. And you're never going to give more details than that because why lift yourself up above your station? Great. So you won the lottery. What's that going to do for you? Right. You know? The self-importance. And maybe your family did die all in front of you, all at once. Well, okay. You're going to need to pick yourself up and overcome that. And, you know, that's just, it's a very Oklahoma mentality. Because we come from a land where nothing grows, guys. (laughs) Nothing. It's all clay dirt. But yet, here we are. And so, you know, and yet we're all farmers. (laughs) And so we raise cattle, and how are you doing? I'm all right. You know, I'm I'll all recover. right. I'll I keep going. Yeah, I mean, I'm all right. I'm all right, and that's and, that, and that's what I subscribe to the Midwestern sure. uh, or Middle America uh, way of life. I mean, every other coast has self importance and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And in helping identify how important you are in life it, it, a really easy exercise is are you replaceable and who are you replaceable to right and, and that's where i'm currently struggling i just like wes i'm i'm the head of my own firm am i replaceable no but am i replaceable yeah if something happened to me tomorrow my clients would get help elsewhere right i'm replaceable i just I'm out of the equation. Right, and that's part of it the human condition. It would be a setback. No doubt. It would be a setback for my clients. It would be something we got to figure out. Well, maybe not me because I'm out of the equation. Right. you're but, out. You know, 
and it would be figured out. And once I'm gone, I am completely replaceable. And I say that right now with kind of a somber attitude. And it's not because it's a bummer to think about. It's liberating. It's, more, it's liberating. It really is. After you think about yeah. it. I mean, it, because. I don't have to care. After I die, I I am not Hitler and I am not Mother Teresa. I'm like everybody else. That's I'm a gambit right there. Somewhere in between. Right. And and that's, I mean, that exercise alone, I mean, because we as humans, we all, we as the, in the animal kingdom, we know we will perish this earth. Mm-hmm. We know. We know that there's a finite amount of time that we have. Right. Period. Right. And someone's like, well, but. Uh, no. You there's will. no buts here. You will die. Right. That's the only inevitabilities, as the phrase goes, are death and our uh, favorite topic, taxes. And even taxes, it depends. Right. And even when, <laughs> yeah. And even, even when you die, it's a taxable event, which right. is so funny. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's the whole idea. Is So it, is, it, is that thought humbling? Absolutely. Because, again, statistically speaking, an accident happens in one of the... the Things that I use in my practice, especially when I uh, talk to uh, potential jurors, is everybody hears the story of one in a million, right? Yeah. Well, there are roughly 350 million people in America, so one right. in a, so one in a million happens 350 times a day, Woo-hoo! right? So when you conceptually think about it, well, I could be that one. Well, statistically speaking, you could be. Yeah. Is it likely? Probably not. But here's the thing. You could be. You could be. I have witnessed it. When my daughter went to robotics, I love her as an example of humility because when she went to robotics, when she went to Worlds, they won. And all of this work that she did, she is what got them to Worlds, her law. And yet... She will always give credit, and they deserve it. She will always give credit to her teammates because it's also based on the interviews, and they all contributed and did killer in the interviews, and they did great. And furthermore, the reason that they wanted to get to Worlds was because some other kid. Boost him up. Make him the star. And that's... That's beautiful. Team effort. I mean, that, that again, organized sports... Do help with your humility yeah. because in that in that sense in that structure, yeah. everybody has a role, everybody has a job, and you know what your job right. is to do. And wh- how do you coach someone at a high level? Is uh, a lot of the NBA and NFL coaches that have you know since retired will I mean, and especially with uh, um, Bill Belichick, if he ever retire when he retires, he's going to write a book and everybody's going to buy the book. Okay, <laughs> you know how do you get somebody who is at the top of their game? <clears throat> And motivate that person. Sure. Because that is a talent. Oh, and yeah. Part of that is the humility because, especially, at least in the game of football, by definition, they are replaceable. Yeah. Every single player on the field knows that they have a specific job, i.e. their position. Sure. They have a specific role to play, which is their job, which is what they have to play, whatever play they're going to run. And they all know that right. if they get hurt, next man up. And I apologize. I don't sport, so I apologize for what's about to come out of my mouth. But you don't want the fullback acting like the quarterback. You need to know your role on the team and what you're supposed to be there for. The kids uh, use the term stay in your own lane. Okay. Right? I think that's the current vernacular. Um, we'll let Wes handle yeah, you the stay, sports. You, yeah, you stay in your own <laughs> lane. And, I mean, and that's hard because you want to, everybody wants to do more. That is, sure. that is a basic human emotion. It is a basic human reaction where you, if you're especially on your team, you want to do more. You want to help. Just like Lisa's daughter in the robotics team, she wants to do more. She wants to help. And the coach can say, listen, you're going to do all I need you to do is stay in your lane. And I, I used this example before, but it's also very apt for humility, is uh, Kevin Pollack has a podcast. And he was in A Few Good Men. Yeah. He was the balding guy. And he had Demi Moore, oh, yeah. uh, Jack Nichols, and uh, Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, and he's the fourth. The star power. Right. He's, All of it. He is the fourth guy in that lineup. <laughs> okay. 
and I the, he would always recite the story, and it's very applicable, is that he wants to do more. Now, how can he do more with Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise, and Demi Moore? Those are the people he's, com- in essence, competing with for screen right. time to do the scene and everything else like that. And he tells a story where the director goes, Kevin, listen, Nicholson's going to hit it out of the park. Yeah. Or, we're don't worry about it. Tom is going to try to keep up with Jack. Yeah. And Demi is going to try to keep up with them. Sure. Okay? All I need you to do, hit a double. Yeah. Just get on base. Right. They're going to take care of the rest. All I need you to do, just get on base. And then after he realized that as they were going through the filming process, Crush started crushing it. Because... And how is he in the movie? He's phenomenal. And if you watch the movie, he's absolutely phenomenal. And you're like, well, I didn't even notice him or anything else like that. And I'm like, then that's the point. Right. Because if he was good, he would have been good. How do you be good with those three people? Tough. Yeah. It's a one in a million shot. Yeah. One in a million shot. That's a tough proposition. How do you be bad with those three people? There's a hundred trillion different ways. Very easily. Very yeah. easily. So how do you, and that's a great example of staying in your own lane and say, all you got to do is hit a double. Well, and the other beautiful part is the stay your own lane part. He's an actor. He has to trust his director to tell him, here's what I need from you. And to actually do that. Okay. Okay. You want me to sort of blend and be a little subdued. Cool. Okay, I trust you. I can do that. And trust is a huge factor it when is. it comes to humbleness. It is. How's that cigar coming along? You know what? Okay, so one of the things that tends to happen with a massive ring gauge cigar is it splits. And when your wrapper comes apart, the whole cigar comes apart. That has not happened yet. So are, we're meeting or exceeding expectations? Way exceeding. Now, I'm only a little bit into this. It's, I mean, guys, it's a big cigar. It's a big cigar. cigar. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm about a third of the way in. It's phenomenal. The Romeo and Juliet again. And the riff is perfect. Very smooth. Is it? I drink neat. So I don't think I've tried that one It's before. very smooth. It's It has that effervescent taste to it like bourbon does. But it's very smooth and it's delicious. And my Highland Park Magnus is just exquisite. It, Highland Park is peaty but it's not on the Elay district. It's way, 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 way high northern North. highlands. And yet it's Petey. It's lovely. Lisa's a Pete girl. We uh, all, we God, all I'm a Pete girl. We all know that. I'm going to bring you something special coming up real soon here, I hope. All right. And, I mean, and that's the, so bringing gifts. I mean, that's a great humbling experience. So I, one of the traditional methods of displaying humility is uh, service to others, mm-hmm. volunteerism, and those kinds of things. And, and it almost goes hand sure. in hand with consideration, like being considerate and everything else yeah. like that. And and most people try to be humble uh, when it comes to activity. I mean, <clears throat> and part of this is when you're humble is, again, once you define it, it becomes very much easier to go along. The hard part is defining it. That's what kneecapped me in the journaling. Just the defining of it. Did you ever define it before? I mean, you punched out. or Did you punch out in that portion of the journaling? I think I did. Okay, and did you ever arrive at your version of humility? No, but you know what? I might eventually start this exercise again. Try it again. I mean, it's something you should do. It's It brings into your conscious consideration. How? Okay, great. I know what love is. That's easy. Love for a significant other. Love for your children. Love for your friends. Great. That's all fantastic in concept. How did you experience it today? And when you get to humility, how do you experience humility on a day-to-day basis? Well, a lot of the time you don't. You experience it more overall. I'm humble in knowing that I can be replaced as an attorney, but also it's going to be difficult because I run my own firm. Great. I know all of this, and it's easy enough to think about when I want to, 
But how do you experience that on a day-to-day basis? If you sit and ask me, how did you experience humility today? I don't know. And it's like, because it's, a, it's such And a, I knew we were doing this topic. Right. And it's a hard question. I mean, in the typical examples, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, service and giving back to others and whatnot, opening the door for somebody, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we, uh, not road rage or letting somebody uh, get in front of you when you merge in uh, rush hour traffic. I mean, that's I a, struggle with humility. Right, every, everybody, <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, we, that's why we have the horn. Uh, people in uh, the finger. I mean, everybody. Ohio, y'all are bad drivers. Everybody's guys. got the finger driving. I mean, that, uh, think about that though. You're getting the car. I mean, you you got a three thousand pound motor vehicle capable of death, and yep. you're just you just bebop around. Yeah. And you just don't think anything of it, and then all of a sudden, you, some guy cuts you off, and you, you're you rage. I mean. You, that is rage. Yeah. That is the definition is. of rage. It is. That's when I turn all full <laughs> rage virus zombie on everybody. And again, most of what we've been talking about is just a simple self-evaluation of like, because with humility is what kind of person do you want to be? Yeah. Because this is a component of such. Right. Uh, because every, you need to be a well-rounded individual. You've got to have the love, the caring, and, sure. more, and consideration and humility. Sure. And that humbleness, it, you know, it, as far as my uh, experience has been concerned, it's very, sometimes it's very difficult to be humble. Sure. And then you get tapped in the nose. Yeah. You get, you get tapped in the nose. I or mean, elsewhere. <laughs> right. You just, you had a great day. Everything's going well. And then for whatever reason, at like the end of the day, you just get hit in the face with something. And you're like, yep. son of a. Yeah. And you're just like, mm. Mm, and then are you know are you being humble? Well, for the be- better part of the day, yeah, sure. I was uh, be bopping along, no big deal. And then wham, you just something comes out of nowhere, it hits you right. with the right hook. I mean, it's like uh, it's like Ali's quote: "Everybody's got a plan until you get hit in the face." Sure. And that you know that goes to humility too, because everybody has a plan, and discipline is a plan, huge. Mm-hmm. We've talked a little bit about discipline, and mm-hmm. that goes again with humility. I mean, what? Once you define it and how you think you are important, and right. are you making a difference? Is that something that's important to you? Sure. I mean, people are like, well, I want to make a difference in this world. You know, I'm going to circle back around to something you said earlier as far as the high, high wealth individuals. And you were talking about Kim Kardashian and Instagram and all of that stuff. I will give her credit where a lot of people are giving her crap. She's trying to get a law degree she's, she's not going... trying to get a law degree she's trying to be a lawyer in california okay. there's she's... a difference in the technicality none of you will know but i'm licensed in california and i can tell you what the difference is but i'm going to go into the difference okay. because it's important in california you can essentially train under a law firm and you do certain tasks and you read a bunch of stuff and you take the bar exam and you can become an attorney that way. Now, most places you have to go to law school. You have to pass the bar exam. Wisconsin, you don't have to pass the bar exam as long as you go to law school. Interesting fact, don't know what you're going to do with it. But there's only two states, in the legal aspect, there's yeah. only two states that you can, in essence, apprentice. Sure. Louisiana and California. I did not know Louisiana. Louisiana sure, is usually that makes not, sense. Louisiana is usually, usually not used as a great example in a lot of things, but you can apprentice. In essence, what she's doing yeah. is apprenticing. Now, the reason I'm going to give her credit is because what is she doing with it? She is actually out there working, trying to free people that were either wrongfully imprisoned or they were imprisoned for a longer period of time than maybe our collective morality says this is okay. She's using her star power to bring some good into the world. Did she have to do that? Absolutely not. She could show up and wear a sheer outfit to the Met Gala Ball and Everybody we'd all would be like, that. yep, yep, that's exactly On what brand. I expect from Kim Kardashian. On brand. Would I expect Kim Kardashian to free someone from jail after they had been wrong, wrongfully convicted? Nope. Didn't see that one coming. She has had a hand. 
I will not give her full credit for it, but she has had a hand in freeing, I think, like 17 people so far, and she hasn't even passed the ball. She's putting some work in there, and this is not something she has to do. Um, I'll give her a little humility credit for that. And so that's that goes to what her definition, just using her as an example. I can't talk, I cannot weigh in on Kim Kardashian's personal definition of humility. No right. clue. Right, and nobody, only she would know. Only she would and know. And I doubt she's going to write a paper on it, but I'm sure if she does, we'll all know. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the idea, and that's why it's so individual, because most people, when you ask, especially little kids, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? Well, I want to make a difference. Well, that, it's like being hum, uh, humble. What is, how do you define a difference? I mean, the right. difference is a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. It burned in a day. It burned to the ground in a day, but it was not built in a day. But I think so, most people struggle with that because they want to build it in a day. They want that instant gratification, something beautiful happened because of the efforts that I did. Instant on. And that's where our internal struggle comes from. We want big games and some of us will put the work into it but we also want recognition for it the pride but we want to be humble too and how do you balance wanting to be humble with we want recognition well you can't right and it's it's a hard juxtaposition i mean i using an example you know my uh, girls are graduating pre-kindergarten and is that an accomplishment Yes. Sure. Is it an accomplishment that I'm going to celebrate? I did. Now, Ed, at this ceremony that I attended on a Wednesday at 1 o'clock in the mm-hmm. afternoon, which was a terrible time because it assumes no one has a job, and that's my, that's another concern for another topic. I'll throw it out there. Just showing up to pre-K anything. achievement, anything, anything, is just a nightmare. It's, yeah. and But people, uh, some of the parents brought balloons, flowers. It's pre-K, And legit, I was thinking to myself, okay, if you want your kid to dress up nice, like a Sunday best, uh, I get it. That's fine. I have no issues with that. You want to get them a little ice cream afterwards, fine. Phenomenal. That's, for a four or five-year-old, I think that's about Uh, on par. Ice cream's, yeah, you deserve Uh, ice cream. I think that's on a par. Now, because when you celebrate something, you also don't want to celebrate everything. Right. So the, and that goes to the patience and to the instant gratification. Right. Uh, when I graduated law school, that's a big deal. When I graduated sure. college, that's a big deal. Typically, it's when you graduate high school. That's a big deal. I didn't even go to my college graduation, and my daughter has informed me she is not going to her high school graduation. <laughs> I said, yes, you are. Yes, yes, you are. That's more about me. I need that. We're going to put a period on the end of that sentence, send you off to college. But you know what? She's right. What do you want? A freaking cookie because you graduated high school? Good. You're not an idiot. Right. It, it's Good. Not, right. And in this and day and age. And pre-K? I'm oh, sorry, Wes, yeah, but that, yeah, that's, that's even one step further. The comment Good that, job. Yeah. You did pre-K. Yeah. The comment that I used was, I, I, we're going to celebrate this with a little ice cream. Sure. But my children have not peaked. <laughs> Better not and have. I, yeah, that's, that's the, now, some people peak in high school. That's fine. Sure. Ah, you know, it's up to every individual is different. And, and some of that humbleness goes to the, the celebration. I mean, is it about the parent? Is it about the child? Sure. And how do you want uh, keeping that even keel? Yeah. Not too high, not too low, even with the good things. Because if they get, uh, especially just using my girls as the example, as long as I keep them on an even keel. Mm-hmm. I mean, that way they are going to be excited about things that they should be excited for. And more importantly, they're not going to be crushed when the ball does not bounce their way. Because the ball mm-hmm. never bounces your way all the time. I think that's a really good way of looking at it. Because it teaches you, here's what's important. Here's what's worth celebrating. Here's what you worked hard to achieve. Like my daughter with robotics, she worked, she put 100% effort into that. She probably could have put that effort into, I don't know, pre-calculus. 
and a thousand other things. A thousand other gotten things. Gotten higher test scores and higher grades and that. And yeah, that will affect her when it's time to apply for college. But she can point to it and say, yes, I am one of the best in the world. And she can say it with humility, knowing, yeah, this is exactly where I stand. And that's I a, earned this. I worked hard for this. And that's a very, very important uh, statement because you know your role. I mean, and she knows her role. It's and important. There's a difference between arrogance and confidence. And humility right. is that difference. Humility is I that, agree. Humility is I that agree. difference because if you did said, I earn this? Did you earn it? Yes. Then it's confidence. Yeah. Did you not earn it? Arrogance. <clears throat> and and usually that's always, well, he just inherited the money, so of course he was going to be successful. Well, there's a ton of examples of people inheriting money and just pissing sure. it all away. I mean, just getting rid of all of it. You know what I mean? Sure. Or picking up a habit or stuff like that. I mean, it, a drug's habit. It's yeah. uh, plenty of examples. Uh, so it's what did you do with what you have? Sure. I mean, using the sports analogy, uh, golf is a great example. You can't move the ball in golf. You cannot move it. That's mm-hmm. one of the rules. So if you had a beautiful drive in the middle of the fairway, great. That next shot, you shank it, and you're in the woods, well, you got a problem. You yeah. can't move the ball and foot wedge it or throw it into the fairway because that's a problem. That's cheating. Okay. But how do you get out of the woods? Well, you've got to play the ball as it lies. Yeah. That goes into the statement, it is what it is. Sure. Here's where you are. How do I advance the ball in a position to make it make it better, i.e. you, and how do we get there? Sure. And is that swing going to work? I, some days it does, some days it doesn't. And that's what humility is. because if you, and, the other, and it goes with uh, taking for granted. And there's a little component of that, too. Because if you're used to doing the same thing over and over again, super easy to take it for granted. Yeah. I mean, super easy. And that's where the the concept of your mortality helps. Because you, you everybody takes life for granted. Sure. Everybody does. Oh, yeah. I do. Lisa does. Oh, God, You yeah. do. I, you take it for granted. But, as discussed earlier, it will end. Period. Yeah. And so... You, and probably sooner than you think. And you don't know when. That's the catch. No, I mean, you that's don't. The, I mean, you, you don't. might have a general idea. I mean, I've got a general idea based upon my diet and habits, because I smoke cigars, drink scotch, and I love red meat. What? Yeah. I I know. I got a general plan. <laughs> oh, I know my family genetics, and it's like, oh, cool. I have mm, sixteen more years on this earth. Both of my parents. Mm, okay. I got a clock, guys, and you know, every day I live past that past. 58 years old. Both of my parents died. Check in the 58. box. Every day I live. 59 in the past. Man, this is gift. This is gift that my parents didn't have. And, you know, cool. What am I going to do with that? Well, yeah, and that's the question. What am I? Oh, my what God. What am I going to do with that? What am I going to do with that? And that's the, the, and the, the perspective for the humbleness comes in. It's like, okay, I've got this, like, got this finite time. Yeah. And once you realize that you have this finite time, you're like, uh, what do I want to do? And right. they're like, okay, great. Uh, I want to do this. Okay, how do sure. we get there? And not instantaneous. And sure. like we've talked about a thousand times before, especially on this podcast, the problem with 30-year-old scotch is it takes 30, 30 years to make. 30. I mean, you can't. Uh, I want 30-year scotch right now. Okay, great. But uh, you had to make it in 1989. Yeah. And that, that statement right there makes me feel a certain way that we're not going to talk about right now. Yeah, really old. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, so you're gambling on a uh, an event that happened in 1989 of 30, using the 30-year-old My scotch. God, guys, we were wearing fanny packs and neon. Oh, my God. We were like, just... Fresh Prince was on top of everything, and he was called Fresh Prince, not Will Smith. Correct. Oh, yeah. And then even if you're lucky enough to afford and drink 50-year-old scotch. Oh, my. That's 1969. I mean, conceptually. I was not alive. I wasn't alive either. But And think about conceptually. 
that in the last 50 years, what have we achieved as a nation, as a collective, as a society? A bunch. Has it all been good? No, not at all. Has it been bad? No, it's been a progress. What is this progress? Uh, it's progress. And so you have this time, and once you figure out what you want to do and mm-hmm. your goal, and we've talked about goal setting before, sure, it's on you. It is totally and completely on you. Which is scary and terrifying. Not only is it scary and terrifying, but the beauty of it is, yeah, I can. I can well, do yeah, this. I agree. It's it, it's scary and terrifying, but it's also liberating and beautiful. Because once you know, I mean, you know, and then you once go you, after it, and then you have that realization, and then you have that different change of view on your life, and you'll have your change of view sure. with your friends because your friends will implicate this, and then all of a sudden you know what yeah. you want to do, and then you're like, okay, that person doesn't know what they want to do. Oh, that person, you can identify it. It's that je ne sais quoi. You really can. I've, as I've gotten older and things have gotten, once I became a lawyer, I knew I wanted to be a lawyer since I was maybe, God, maybe seven, eight years old. Little bitty, you know? And it took me a while to get there. Once I got there, it was kind of like everything fell in place. It wasn't... It was a check in the box. It wasn't necessarily easy. Nothing ever is. Not even close. It was just... It was right. Things fell into place. It felt natural. Yeah. It, it felt natural. And, and this is, again, this is... Everybody's different. And that's what makes this so hard. And that's why, I mean, journaling, I can't. I cannot imagine... Because it's the assessing it on a day to day basis. How, How was I humble that? today? And that's super easy if you, and most people would do that and say, well, that's super easy if you go and volunteer at like the SPCA or you are go to a food bank. Service sure. Everybody, or you go to a soup kitchen or a homeless shelter, those kinds of things. But that day, easy. But that's easy the thing the about the exercise and i mean the overall exercise is you weren't supposed to take specific actions to exhibit that quality in your life so for example love it's just how did i show love or how was love shown to me how did i show trust how was trust shown to me very easily identified it's not going out and, oh, well, I'm trusting this stranger to do this thing. You're forcing an unnatural occurrence to happen. That's not the point. The point is to recognize how it's already present or not present. And it's, it's disturbing and kind of weird when you look at humility and you're like, days on end. I didn't experience anything today. I don't know how I was humble. And that's what makes it so hard. And that's in this uh, self view, this mirror that you're placing up to yourself. I mean, that's the key. Because uh, when you put the the mirror up to you, it, it's super hard to do. And again, yeah. you're like, because uh, at first, the normal reaction will be, I'm not humble. I'm not humble whatsoever. You're a braggart. I want to be Instagram, I want to be Facebook, and we're going to plug those for us. Don't worry, because, you know, we're like that. I think if people are truthful, that's Intellectually the natural honest, reaction. Yeah. I think the first reaction is, well, of course I was humble today. Okay. Which in itself is kind of a braggart sort of statement. I mean, if you go back to that Socrates quote, I alone, of all the Greeks, know that I know nothing. Oh, Really? Just you, baby. Right. You're the only one that figured all this out. That's kind of a humble brag all in itself, isn't it? It can be. And you'll you'll also be able to identify other people who have that mentality. And they go to your support group. I mean, that's another, uh, how do you be humble within a group? Uh, Especially with your friends. I mean, everybody has a group of friends, uh, and they all can uh, have your own role. In your group sure. of friends. I mean, I got a uh, high school reunion coming up this uh, year, and I'm getting together with 
guys I haven't seen in decades. I mean, I, it's going to be different. And again, we've had, we've all, this, it's a great example of we've all had the same amount of time, right? Yeah. So on your five-year reunion, everybody's had five years. Sure. 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. I mean, you, you've had that amount of time. Sure. And you're going to have your astronauts and college professors and laborers and sure. you're going to have the gamut of profession. But who's happy? Because the laborer can yeah. be happy just as equally oh, yeah. as the astrophysicist. Yeah. I mean, and so is humility and humbleness, that plays a great role there because if that's what they're doing, and that's what they want to do, then, like, Lisa wanted to be a lawyer. She's living her best life. I am. And that's what she wanted to do. And, again, that's what I wanted to do, and that's why I'm here. Um, and then we'll keep going and whatnot, and then it'll work out. I mean, the yeah. key is to identify, because there's a finality to it. So, I think we're going to stop it right here. Check in for part two. Um, Where can we find let's you? Let's wrap up with our cigars and scotch. I'm um, an intricate girl. At um, intricate girl on Instagram, and we're yes. podcasting live from the Members Only Lounge, which is the Cigar Lodge in beautiful Akron, Ohio. It actually is beautiful. It's Come, been cold. It's nice. Here. Weather's changed finally. Yeah, so yeah, thank God. Check us out. Uh, check out the Cigar Lodge. Again, uh, mention the fire things. You know, maybe you get a discount. Uh, wink, wink, yeah. nudge, nudge. And again, we've got a Patreon account. Patreon.com slash the fire things podcast. Finer things. I the finer things. You don't have to add the podcast. That's why yeah. I, I looked at Lisa and I said, that's great pod. <laughs> <laughs> great pod. Uh, so yeah, check us out at the Patreon account again. We appreciate it. Uh, one good thing. Oh, one good thing. She's going to think about it for a minute. I'm going, my one good thing, I'm taking the easy way out. Yes, please. Pre-kindergarten graduation. They survived. That's fantastic. And I know they're not, they're not mucked up. And we got the report cards and they're all, they're fine. They're good. great. It's phenomenal. I'm going to do something that's completely against everything we've discussed so far. Guys, I started a shoe line. I don't know if it'll, Here's where the humility comes in. I don't know if it'll go anywhere. I suspect it won't, but I love shoes. And so, you know, it's kind of always been a dream of mine. And yeah, I played with it. I designed my own shoe. Boom. How so cool is that? That is awesome. That is phenomenal. And until next time, this is the Finer Things Podcast. Take care. Bye, guys.